I'll say hello. And on today's episode of Mothers Talking, we are four. Um, it's Jenna and myself as usual, and we've also welcoming on Joanna and Will, parents to Francis, who I don't actually know how old he is. How old is Francis? He's two. He's about two now. Just over two. Just over two. And Clara, who is currently there. How old is she now? How many weeks? She is almost three months. Oh, we're hitting that, what would we call it? About to cross the bridge into some sanity. Mind you, you've probably been okay, actually, haven't you? You've probably not been too bad, but that first 12 weeks is like... Yeah, the first two months were a bit of a a challenge, but we're getting into a rhythm now. <laughs> oh, lovely. Now I can remember that. Um, so I thought it might be useful to give a bit of background of why I wanted to chat to them both. And I think it's a good idea for me to tell you how it came about. So I, I have... I was Joanna's doula, along with two other doulas, and Will's doula, indirectly. And um, Joanna had Clara some weeks ago, as you heard, and you booked us because you'd had a slightly, dis well, how would we say, dissatisfying first birth experience, or you, you felt you needed some support because you wanted to do things a bit differently. And you did do things differently. And so your first baby was born in hospital and your second baby was born at home and what I was intrigued by was when I went to visit Joanna after the baby was born we got talking about how it felt for both of them not just the birth event and how things unfolded as a, as a storyline if you like and but re we kind of quickly got to the sort of meat and potatoes of that what does it feel like, you know? And she just cut to the, she just somehow said a few things that sparked interest in me and particularly about Will's experience of it. And so that's why we're here because I wanted to kind of, we realised, I realised and I said it to Jenna that we never really get both sides of the story. And I wanted to talk about that really. It just intrigued me. I thought, I really want to talk to a man about how it all feels in both settings really often men don't get that chance actually to tell their birth story so well I, I really um value the opportunity to speak about what experience i had because i think so much focus is always on on joe and the mum rightfully so but um i can certainly kind of go through how i felt during francis's birth and then the um the difference with clara because i mean it was it was incredibly different we had always planned to have a hospital birth with um with Francis. Um, but actually the birth plan um that Joe wrote was very similar for Francis and for Clara. Um so Joe wanted a very natural birth, very little intervention, uh, very calm environment. That that was like incredibly important to us. And we had done a lot of reading, a lot of listening to podcasts beforehand. So we kind of knew that the environment in which Joe needed to yeah. go in, yeah, to be in and go into labour was was really important. But the difference between the home birth and going to hospital was just, it was really big. And it's, it, it was a lot of little things that kind of made big differences, if you know what I mean. And so when Joe told me, that you wanted to hear about how I felt between the different experiences. I started sort of writing notes down and thinking, what was I feeling during Francis's birth? And it starts from when Joe goes into labor. And that that morning when Joe, you know, was like, okay, I'm having a baby. My mindset with Francis was was just different to Clara. I started thinking about when is the right time to go to hospital? Um, how do I know when that time is? Joe seems to be in a lot of pain. Um, how can I read Joe? You know, bearing in mind Francis is our first one, so we have nothing to compare it against. I was constantly second-guessing second myself. I was thinking about the drive to the hospital, where I'm going to park. Have I got everything? Have I got the birth plan? Have I got... Have I got the hospital bag? How am I going to get Joe from our living room uh, to the car? And is the car parked outside of our house? Um, or is it further down the street? Do I need to move the car? And all this kind of stuff. Um, is there going to be traffic? So if I was thinking, 
Okay, so it roughly takes half an hour, but if there's traffic, it might take an hour to 45 minutes. And um, and so I was kind of gauging where Joe was by the level of pain that I felt she was in to then decide whether or not to go to hospital. I was thinking about what do I do with our dog? I was thinking about reminding myself of, okay, we're at the start of this labor journey and um, thinking about, okay, if I'm going to be ultimately responsible for decision making during Joe's labor, I was thinking, okay, what are the brain, what's the brain framework that kind of um, that decision making uh, framework that you, you know, we, we were taught about. Yeah. I'm reminding myself of, of all of that. And so there was a huge amount that kind of goes, that was going through my mind just in the logistics of everything, even before we got to hospital. I guess that puts you under a little bit of pressure, but then you don't want that to be conveyed to Joe in any way because it's really important for Joe that she has this, mm. she has trust in me. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, it, there's just an internal monologue that is constantly mm-hmm. going on throughout, but you don't want to convey that you yourself are stressed mm-hmm. in front of Joe, because if I'm stressed, then that's going to, that's going to add to Joe's stress. And that's the last thing I want. And I want Joe to feel fully confident in my ability to, um, uh, to, to get her to just get her to hospital safely. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, in the run up to, uh, to Francis's birth, Joe was making sure that I knew what to do, what things I needed to bring, um, what kind of thinking I need to, needed to have, um, for the hospital. And there was a lot going on and you're, you're reading into the situation a lot and you're thinking about the logistics a lot and, and that was just getting to hospital. And I think timing of which you you start talking about, okay, Joe, I think you're you're ready to go to hospital. But I'm no expert. I'm just reading Joe. I'm just reading um the positions she's in, the noises that she's making. And I'm just trying on the back of having zero experience of labor, trying to say, okay, I think it's the right time, but you know, what do I know? Can I just ask you what that felt like? So being in that position where you were taking quite a big, did you know that was quite a big decision of when to go or even, and, and did it make, how did it feel? Did you feel unsure when you were saying it? Yeah. So I, prior to everything, when we did lots of reading and all this kind of stuff, we wanted to minimize the amount of interventions um that we were taking and and the first kind of big intervention is taking joe outside of the home uh taking joe kind of into the uh into the real world you know where there's people walking along the street there's noise the traffic it's getting opening the car door all of these sounds all of these alien environments when joe just needs to sort of feel completely comfortable and secure and and safe and so I felt even at that point that I just had to minimize any kind of stress around uh, around the whole logistics side of things and you do to the best of your ability but there are you know there's things outside of your control and then but then I was thinking about the car journey to the hospital and and thinking oh god I gotta drive uh really kind of smoothly avoid all the potholes kind of thing. Uh, hopefully there's not much traffic. And then I'm thinking about where do we park? And again, when when we got to the hospital, parking was a bit of an issue. So there was a bit of a walk from the car park to the hospital. Already I was feeling like this is not the environment that Joe should be in when she's you know, at the early stages of labour, because you're walking down a main road and the public all stopping and staring and yeah. they're saying, okay. yeah, can I help? Are you okay? Which is all lovely and well-meaningful, but it's actually not what you want. You know, Joe probably, and I'm just speaking for Joe now, but you might want to add something here. Joe probably just wanted to be, you know, she didn't need any of that. You know, in a perfect world, she would have just been, you know, at home for longer, at home for longer and 
a quiet space where she wasn't, you know, her mind wasn't thinking about all of these external things that are happening. Um, I guess, I guess on the first birth, this feeling wasn't as present. Mm. It, we, we, we know that now on, on insight, but on a first birth, you, you know, you kind of know in your mind that that's where you want to be, but you're just following the rules that you're told to follow by the hospital. And the midwife told us, oh, she's not speaking now, so you must come to hospital. Yeah, but when we got go. there, I was really early on. I was, yeah, it was early days when I got to hospital. So, yeah, when we, when we, when we got there and Joe, you know, Joe for me was starting to have you know, a lot of regular contractions and she was managing the pain. And um, that's when she was first examined and and she was two centimetres dilated at that point. You know, this is the first time when the doctors examined Joe and said, okay, Joe's only two centimetres. Do we, you know, do we send you back home or do we keep you in and hope that you progress quickly? So that's, you know, the first bit of time pressure on joe that she experienced Mm -hmm. and so they kept us in a in a bit of a waiting room at that point we were we were pretty sure that things were developing quite quickly um because the contractions were getting more regular and the intensity was increasing and when the midwife came back to examine joe again she was still at only at two centimeters Again, based on having no experience of labor, I felt, oh, this is this is gonna take quite some time. I need to be incredibly present, um, I would say, for for Joe, because as time went on and the intensity increased, I felt more and more I really needed clarity of thought as to where Joe was in her labor, what kind of uh, what must be going on through her mind? Um, because she wasn't, you know, it's not like we were communicating that much, um, but being really present and being really aware of all of the different goings on in the hospital and what the midwives were saying, you know. Yeah, what did you feel it... about the midwives? Do you remember your interactions with the midwives? Yeah, so when we... Um, when we eventually, you know, eventually we got into the uh, birthing center, which was a lovely room and it had a big pool and there was lots of space and there was a pool and a, and a bed. And we met the, uh, the midwife there for the first time and we went through the birth plan and part of Joe's birth plan was, you know, I really want minimal intervention, that calm environment, um, yeah, I want to have as a natural birth as possible. Uh, and as a result, I think the, the midwife was was great and she was very supportive. She observed a lot. You know, she the, there was no complaints. It was just reassuring that we had a midwife in the room. But again, I didn't know what sort of support she could have given Joe, like I now know, you know, having experienced a home birth with Clara. Doing in the birth center? What did you do? So I had a really, I would say, I had a really physical role. Um, so I was using the tens machine a lot. I was massaging Joe's uh, lower back, hips, um, giving the food, giving Joe food, and I, I just remember thinking, even with the the kind of massaging. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know the pressure points to kind of, to give Joe, to kind of alleviate some of that pressure, I guess. And with the TENS machine, it became sort of, sort of like a habit. Every contraction that was happening, I would, you know, zap Joe with the TENS machine. (laughs) And, um, and we went like this for hours. And then it was, um, I guess, when things started to get really intense for you, it was when the, it's after three times they tell you, oh, you're still only six centimetres dilated. Maybe if we break your waters, things will accelerate. That was the first decision point that we both had to make. Yeah. Uh, by that point, I was in utter pain. Yeah. And also we experienced a shift of midwives. So um, you spend, we we had 
quite a long time with one midwife and then the shift ended and she you know she went home and we had a new midwife and all of a sudden you're dealing with someone's whose approach is slightly different and you're kind of getting used to each other in the room and you're um, trying to establish trust which is really difficult to do when you're in that you you know you've been in that environment for quite a long time and Joe's in pain and you know someone new comes in and they're kind of getting up to speed and you're you're talking them through how labor's been to that point and then as as Joe said this new midwife then felt like things weren't progressing as quickly as they ought to have done but yes every time Joe was examined and they didn't see the progress that they wanted to it just felt like an added pressure and um, with the shift of midwife and they examined Joe, they assessed the amount of time Joe was in active labor and just said, right, I think we need to break the waters now. And I'm there thinking, okay, brain, what does this mean? What are the benefits of it? Et cetera. I can't quite remember the acronym, but I'm just thinking, you know, what, what's the reality? What's the implication Sorry, can I just ask you something at that point? Because I, I fear that I want to hear the whole thing, but I want to, it's something so interesting you said there. And if I don't ask you, I won't, it might get lost. So in that moment, which is a really textbook juncture that, that nearly everybody goes through for, the, for men and women, obviously, there's a bunching up of the, now how do I put it? The evaluation begins for real, right? So in the, in the yep. way that going to hospital, the timeline has begun. Yep. But now you really come, now that the labour has started to go slower because of the hospital environment, I find, I feel like dads particularly get caught on a terrible conflict because my mum said this, she said, so today, nowadays, do men know what not a vaginal examination is? Do they know what dilation signifies? And I said, yeah, of course. She said, because in my, you know, my dad's day, they wouldn't have even been in, known anything about it. So what you have when you get that vaginal exam and the, let's put it this way, a score, which is what makes it so dreadful, for a man, that he is pulled quite naturally into a, oh, we're not, we're not doing what they want us to do the action-based natural sorry to be gendery about it but you know the sort of need for results and the need for us to be going and, and success means getting to 10 centimeters so now there is this terrible feeling where the man is pulled into a natural ambitious oh no we're six centimeters again right and yeah. now he feels like bad for the wife the mother because he wants to be in her female energy allowing her to swirl and spiral her way there and not be plotted on the freaking graph and 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 yet his male energy is like trying to please both so it's like, it would be a natural frustration a natural and yet you've got to now conceal that from joe so you're kind of basically kind of caught between two stools is that is that what it felt like where you had to be because you would have been disappointed but you don't want to be disappointed for joe but you're disappointed and you don't want her to be going on being in pain and yet you see what i mean I do. I completely understand. Um, so, and I have this analogy. I use this a lot at work. I work in sales and it felt like you were, you know, you were reporting on the metrics at this point. You're looking at the metrics and you're looking at the numbers and you're thinking, okay, is this, given where we're, we're at in the time, where are we against progress kind of thing? Okay, we're falling behind. We need to see we need to see more metrics whereas it's like terrible, isn't it? the, the thing about the thing about what should be happening is focus on the activity you know focus on joe's or joe's positioning joe's yeah breathing noises you know all that the the external situation you know the the context of her her birthing mm. experience and it it didn't feel like that and so, yeah, you're completely right because you are aware of um, the numbers. You become obsessed with this dilation number and you're thinking, oh, no, what's, you know, what's happening? But Joe, Joe is as well because, you know, she's focused on the next four hours. I've got to achieve X amount of dilation uh, to show progress. She's She's not in her body anymore. She's mentally thinking about the number. 
sort of panic and frustration, if I'm being honest, because when the next examination occurred and Joe hadn't progressed, Joe's reaction was, no, no, no. Do you know what I mean? She had put so much work, so much effort, been through so much pain to get a number that was disappointing. And it was like she had failed, which is not what you want to feel. And also the worst bit of it is the fact, and you'll know this now from the way it sells the second time, Joe, in place there is that the very system itself is what's causing the stalling. So it's this ironic thing that you end up naming it, metricing it, you're doing all this evaluation, timelining, results-oriented game, which then gives you the bad result because the problem is, it's like, I mean, I always say this to people, it would be like measuring sleep. You know, it's like measuring birth. You know, if I was to come, I would say that to couples when I'm preparing them together. It's like, you know, if, if I was to come to bed with you, I'm a stranger pretty much, sit between you in, in bed and watch you all night, timing the sleep sort of thing, you would be self-conscious, awkward and not sleep, you know, and you will not have any sense of rest. You know, like you say, the felt feeling, i.e. what the felt feeling should be is Joe feeling the baby coming down and through. And what does that feel like and helping her to manage that feeling? Instead, yep. it's all about the end game, all about the outcome, all about the result. And and this is why I was interested in the male thing, because it's like I think it it plays on that naturally, you know, solution-seeking, action-based energy that would be natural in one's a sort of man's need to protect her, to help her, support her. There yeah. you are doing the very, very best to help her in a female way. It's a new experience for her, but she knows what to do. And you know what she knows. You know she knew what to do, really, deep yeah. down. But you're then switching and having to do it by their rules, and it's hard. It is hard. And it's, it's like having caught between um you know the the sort of hospital way of doing things you know they're like the managers right (laughs) (laughs) they tell you what they want and what good looks like and all this kind of stuff and you like you just said you're you're there being like how how do i solve this this challenge how do i solve this solution and so you know, at this point, probably eight hours into active labor, um, Joe's still at six. Okay, let's try something new. Let's let's get Joe in the pool, right? It's classic problem solving. Okay, this isn't progressing as we wanted to. Let's try the pool. And then the whole again, that's like um that was like an intervention at that point because getting Joe off the bed, she's in lots of pain. She's getting into the pool. Is the temperature right? Um, how does she feel? Like it's an alien environment still at that point. And then it's, oh no, this isn't working for me. Get out of the pool, uh, kind of dry Joe off, get back into the in into bed. And again, you're, you, it was so much was happening in Joe's head we were very we were all in each other's heads basically is what yeah. i would describe it as um and less about just it being completely natural we were trying to be totally logical on the birthing experience when actually it's the most natural thing and we were trying to get into that natural state but just finding it very difficult to get there um and it was just well you put it so well that is literally it isn't it we're trying to be natural that is hilarious that is exactly the antec that's the contradiction in terms yeah trying to 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 make voluntary the involuntary you know, yeah. to, you know, to to or to t- take out the automatic and auto is an autopilot thing, and yet we're trying to pilot the autopilot. I mean, it's like I don't even... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it, precisely. And it's you're you're just so conscious, you know, you're so conscious of of this. I mean, we even had bird sounds, and you know, Joe had bird sounds as her kind of ambiance theme, I guess, um, during during Francis's birth. I can no longer listen to that sound. Um, oh. <laughs> I say I'm absolutely, I'm really inspired by this, which I know I've been a doula for many years. And even I haven't really considered the fact that, of course, even a you put it so well, when you say getting into the birth pool, actually at that point became an intervention. 
I, I felt that in my body in those births. I can remember myself. You're so right about that. There's a sort of decimate. You feel this despondency as you start seeing it changes nothing and you see there's an irritability in the mother and then there's all the that. You don't feel warm and comfortable. You feel wet and uncomfortable. You know? Yeah. And, and I remember that that is so right because if if the pool has been chosen as a solutioneering situation, yeah, you're right. It quickly becomes the opposite of an aid. It becomes an intervention. That is so true because it's because it's about let's try the next thing. Yeah, and, and it's a linear. And the word that you use there really resonates because despondency is a thing when you're hearing that progress isn't going as uh, accordingly and then you're trying to find solutions you know you want to keep joe's joe's mindset positive you know things are fine things are going well stay stay motivated and as time went on i was starting to see a little bit of sort of panic enter into joe's mindset and a bit of despondency um because the solutions weren't working you know and that then made me a lot more on edge as well uh, because i'm seeing the person that i'm loving is so in so much stress and is starting to get really worried about the situation that she's in and panicking like things aren't going to plan which again is not is the mindset you want to want to avoid but then you kind of don't want to put that pressure on, on you either because when you're everything's natural so you don't want to say anything's bad but i i was feeling concerned because i was seeing a sort of change in joe's behavior from a like a i've got this handy i'm i can do it to one being like when's this going to end when um how can i cope how do i uh what do i need to do um sort of mindset and that was when i was starting to get a bit concerned and then and then you know back to what we were saying before what solutions out there and you know the the team are on hand and this is you know i don't want to do them a disservice or anything but they you know they're on hand to say okay we can take you to the to the labor wards we can take you we can get an epidural we can do all of this stuff um you know we were in the solution mode and as time was going on i was thinking okay so it's been well how long the birth center and the labor pool That's was that labor, labor wards it was about i want to say like 15 hours it was something it was a whole day wasn't it yeah so 15 hours and i have complete belief that joe is totally strong and she can do it and she's like a you know warrior queen and you know i, I never doubted joe but i was seeing that her energy levels were just getting smaller and i was worried at that point and um, so i was thinking at what point do we divert from the birth plan? Something that Joe and I had spent a long time discussing prior and knowing the implication of going away from the birth plan. So, you know, that's less control of Joe. You know, she's at that point, she has let go of the birth that she wanted to have and being really aware that that was significant and not taking that decision lightly was a big moment. And I'm there thinking, I'm worried about Joe at this point. I I just feel like she doesn't have so much time to get Francis birthed. I'm thinking, you know, I hate to see her in so much pain. Um, it's been a long, long day already. And so um, I'm then thinking, okay, let's, you know, Joe's saying I need something for the pain. So let's go for the epidural. And that's, you know, that's what we do. And then then all of a sudden there's like this big sort of buzz and it's getting Joe in a wheelchair, taking her through these wards with like that stark lighting and uh, and getting her into the into a new environment. And the epidural took quite 
some time to to arrive because it hadn't been planned. I also didn't realize that blood tests would need to be taken, uh, catheter needed to be put in. Uh, there's a whole process around getting an epidural that I wasn't aware of. So there was lots of things happening that I was thinking, okay, we said an epidural, but actually what does it mean? Do we Did we know at the, that point the implication of that decision? And again, is becoming you know, you're you're taken completely out of the natural environment that you, you we were planning and we were hoping to get. And um we were in the hands of, I would say, the, the the medical profession at that point. I had put more trust in that than in uh than in Joe at that point in delivering the baby naturally. And so that was I was really aware of that and I was aware that Joe must be feeling again totally despondent um scared about what's going on uh, exhausted you know emotional that she's you know that that we've entered this new path and really didn't know what uh what the outcome would be at that stage that because that again is another juncture so that's fascinating I haven't thought of that to the point at which you have to hand over, or you do decide that's the way things have gone, the mother's just in that. But you're having to then ride those two horses again, where you've had to kind of leave, what did you say, your trust is now in them resolving it. So yeah. there's a feeling of, do you feel disloyal almost? Like it's like a sort of, oh, I've had to abandon the plan even more than maybe even Joe has at that point. Like you've... Or did, did do you know what I mean? Like, were you? Did it feel strange to have to kind of hand over? Yeah, like it felt like I needed to connect with Joe on a much more emotional level, and to you know, I wanted Joe to see that I was confident and things were fine because I didn't want to add to any of that uh, situation stress of the moment. So I was thinking, okay. This has now changed. I need to be really, you know, a thousand percent focused on making sure that Joe feels like she still has control, even though it felt like we had no control. Mm. And that was quite that was hard to manage. And and also your capacity, um, your capacity of being that present. And being, you know, useful after such a long time uh, sort of diminishes. You know, you is physically, emotionally just knackering, and not least for Joe, but for the partner as well. Is it really, you know, you know? I, I remember just feeling so so exhausted by that point. You fell asleep after I was given the epidural, and when I fell asleep, you then fell asleep as well, because we're both so tired. Yeah, yeah. So we both had a quick nap, I think, at that point, after the epidural. And then just to add to the situation, when Francis's heartbeat reduced, it set off an alarm. All of a sudden, medics came in. You know, it was a warning. It was a warning shot saying, look, we can't let this happen again. We need to see a lot more progress. We'll give it to this time. If we don't see the progress by this time, then uh, we're going to have to intervene with forceps or something like that. Again, like panic is just, you know, panic stations. And it's you're willing. Oh, I was just willing, Joe, to find that depth or find something that we could, you know, have this baby without that sort of intervention. Um, because that's something Joe really, I, I knew Joe was, was going to be terrified of that. And that, yeah, that just put a huge amount of, of pressure and it made the moment more scary than it was magical. <laughs> <laughs> I would say and just that moment of Joe did end up giving birth without that intervention and we had Francis without forceps or anything like that but it was yeah it was a real it was a real journey and I felt uh, by the end of it I felt totally overwhelmed and I would a part of me to it took 
a while to just to get over it um just because to see the person that you love go from a state of feeling i've got this i'm in control i can you know i can do this to then letting go and then being in so much pain and then having so many things happen to her was something that I certainly felt affected just by observing it and seeing it and seeing Joe's panic because that was very alien to me. I'd never seen that side of Joe before. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I suspect that's the case for a lot of people actually that they don't see the the real yeah, because it's such an extreme situation. Can I ask, did you think that it was at that point, post the birth, when you were both experiencing probably some conflicting feelings, did you think it was the that you had underestimated birth or did you understand that it was very, that there might be other elements that might have caused the, the birth to be obstructed? Not obstructed, it wasn't obstructed, it was a bit slow. Did it feel like it was just, oh, we didn't understand the dimensions of this? No, I wouldn't say we didn't understand that. We did so much reading, listening um, of other people's birthing experience and our friends. And, you know, we really spent quite a lot of time, I guess, doing as much research as you could do without um, experiencing it live. I'm I'm not meaning that. I'm meaning it's a setup, isn't it? Do you see what I mean? I'm I'm not meaning that that is what you've done. I'm just thinking that an awful lot of people post a complicated birth tend to think, gosh, birth is a nightmare. Or women think they often say to us as doulas, oh, I don't dilate or I just couldn't cope or whatever. Whereas actually it's a it's a, a sort of gaslight situation where, you know, that it's it's what I call the labor is stress tested. Yeah. And so basically all these forces, hidden forces are at work on the natural process in the way you've you know, eloquently described. Like so so that it makes it like a pushing a rock up a hill situation. And that you come out the other end kind of a bit people it seems to me are very confused. They think it's the body that's not quite maybe we under that's what I meant by underestimated it. Women couples are left in I reckon the majority of couples when they have a comp as longer birth than they thought or interventions they tend to sort of think, oh, it's them, that they somehow didn't get it or something. Whereas actually you were completely right about all the things you understood and you had prepared yourself beautifully and perfectly, but then you met with standardised care that just blows away that stuff. It, 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 it has a chance, as you probably just, as you discovered, you know, whereas if you give the body what it needs, it does flow. But I mean, I wonder when you look back now, pre-home birth, was there a point before you got pregnant again where you were, where you were in a state of, gosh, we we underestimated? What, what was your conclusion? Oh, yeah. So I, I I agree. I think I completely underestimated, underestimated the whole birthing experience and um, especially after Francis. I, I did underestimate it because I didn't realise, um, you know, for one, I didn't realise how long it could take and I didn't realize the kind of physical and the emotional side of it okay there are two sides first of all it is bigger and wider than most people think is true but I'm meaning that it isn't that long like if you'd had the first baby at home you so you're not really underestimating it what you've underestimated is how interrupting and disruptive normal care is because it's not it's not the birth that's the problem it's how we do it isn't it it's not yeah so I so it's an underestimation, and I think most people don't realise how, as you put it, even the tiny little things that cause the slowness to happen, that cause the stalling at six, the stalling at six, and you know all that. That's nothing to do with Joe's body. That's to do with a public setting that is creating, keeping her in her mind, keeping her cognitive, which then doesn't allow the hormones to flow as powerfully as they need to, blah, 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 blah. So it's not an underestimation of the birth experience. I think most people go away thinking, gosh, we didn't realise how hard it could be. But yeah. it's made hard. It's made hard. It's made unnecessarily hard by a system. I, I got out of that birth thinking, how did I think I could do this myself? This is so hard. Next time, let's just go for let's just hand your power to them because they will do it. And then we would have missed out on all those hours and hours at the birth center that we didn't have to go through because we could have just gone for the epidural. That's how I felt 
Uh, yeah. I was so mentally drained that I thought, okay, next time around, let's just do this Gosh. quickly. Once I got pregnant again, I w- I started thinking again and my instincts pulled me back and said, no, that's totally wrong. That's not what you wanted the first time. That's not what you're going to want the first time around. Yeah. And then that's when we started. And I, and I was very skeptical as well about uh, Joe's decision to want a home birth and gone through Francis's because I just thought if Francis was the baseline, kind of that's what one experiences, then of course I wanted to be in a in a hospital environment. Um, so I was I would say Joe Joe had gone to Joe had concluded that she wanted to go down the home birth uh, route faster than me because I was just thinking well we need we need all of this interventions because look at Francis like that's that's what my experience has told me that I needed when Joe decides on doing something then I will follow Joe and I have complete confidence in Joe but I felt I felt really apprehensive for a very long time I would say I was probably apprehensive, even, you know, at the start of labor with Clara and, you know, we're at home. I was thinking, oh, God, (laughs) you know, what do I do here? What happened? So, I mean, did you did you feel as a result of that feeling of the hesitancy and a little bit apprehensive? Did you did you just think I'll just keep quiet and just trust and just not get involved? Yeah, I've always felt sort of research reading I had done and listening to podcasts and all this kind of stuff that the environment is so crucial I I sort of understood that but it, more than that I completely wanted to support Joe in delivering the baby how she wanted and if I went against that then that would cause that would take Joe out of the positive mindset that she needed to be in. And I completely 110% supported Joe and what she felt was right, because, you know, ultimately it's, it's her, her body. Um, at the end of the day, that is going to deliver our baby. And so she needs to be in the right place. I thought, okay, a bit nervous about this. Um, but Joe has made the decision, and so how can I best support Joe with 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 the home birth, and how can I give her confidence that the team around her, including me, is going to give her exactly the right environment that she needs? Yeah, definitely. I was nervous in a selfish way, in a way that was like, okay, I'm worried that you know, what if we need to go to the hospital or something goes wrong or if it takes forever and i was thinking again you know that solution you know there's the solution sort of mindset uh whereas i think joe was thinking no what went wrong last time was i needed to be in a really safe space in a really natural environment where i feel more in control yeah and so i kind of trusted that more than the sort of you know the the solution kind of mindset side of things you're interesting because actually i've been thinking about it from the perspective of articles i've been reading around male and female roles around childbirth and the sort of biology of it really that you know there we are as you know the, the, the woman goes into her natural birthing capability through her own biology but there is this also a what male energy is doing is also very key. It's 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 not the man's, but let's say the male role is trusting the female. So so when the male energy trusts the female energy, you get this beautiful balance, of yeah. me- of, which is definitely something that is not discussed at the moment in this current culture, where it's it's not okay. You know, there's the, the idea that that it is what I felt, even not having met you, this sense of your trust, even. Even away from, because obviously I'm keeping tabs on the labour as it's happening through our, as with Michelle being there, and I could feel that even in distance, you know, that for distance that that you understood that by 
fully as, as you as you tried to do the first time to be fair as you tried to do but it was inter, it was obstructed you know the your full trust in her which i think jenna and i can both hear you know your full and respectful trust and honoring of her birth birthing ability if you like to birth your babies and your both of your babies you can hear that was that's why it's such a heartbreaking setup because, situation because you know you, you're there you are you've done the preparation together you understand your the main thing is that you've got to trust and have confidence in yeah in her ability and you've said that a lot which is interesting i wasn't ready for that and that you said it a lot so it must have been a real thing this this i need to show i'm confident i need to show and yet what happens is you get into a situation that makes labor a lot, a lot harder than it needs to be and now the, yeah. the man's in this dilemma isn't he because now he can't continue to show that confidence because it's misplaced because it needs the mother needs saving and she always needs saving not always it's so often needs saving and then you get to your home birth and that's what i'm fascinated by so then as the birth progressed as as clara's labor began and moved into its full swing did you notice a difference in your feet what did you tell us what you felt so i guess to start with and going back to what you were just saying before I've, i've always felt like there was there should be no real place for doubt you know, or uncertainty. Always thought that would be sort of my role. And and so I need to be clear with decisions and I need to be clear with rationale or clear with, uh, I don't want uncertainty or doubt to feature in the the relationship with Joe and I while she's giving birth. I, I always sort of th- felt that was really important and it would give Joe confidence. And I think... But beyond that, it would, that beyond that, it, it's not just me; it's, it's the team and the way the home birth team is set up. Is you you can establish a relationship prior to the birth, and they're going to be with you throughout. And it's the same with the doulas as well. You establish a relationship, and and so you have a team, and you're you know no one's got doubt; everyone's on the same page, and we've. You know, you, we've had those discussions prior so that we know that there's no question about judgment at any point or, you know, these kind of things are really important. So we had uh, Michelle, our doula, come over. I called Michelle and was like, OK, Joe's Joe's coming into, uh, into active, not active labour, she's starting labour. Um, maybe it's time to come over. Um, Michelle was just unreal and was able to incredibly quickly establish how Joe was getting on and like almost seeing Joe's um, or feeling Joe's contractions and and kind of being right there to coach her through each of those contractions gave Joe that confidence because I think uh, having a, a doula was a really reassuring presence that enabled Joe to find her natural rhythm. And what you've just alluded to there, Natalie, is something that I did film. And there was a big difference. There was a there was a rhythm to Joe's contractions and to the the noises that she was making. And you know, it's all very anim- animalistic in a in a sense, but it was it was partly enabled uh, by Michelle having that reassuring presence in the room as well. And that really made a difference because it went from a situation where this is how I felt Francis's labor should have, should have been like to, oh, this is it. This is what, this is exactly what it should be like. And uh, this is what I've been hearing about. And I guess for me, the I still had, by the way, I still had a bit of doubt in my mind because, again, when you compared it to Francis, Francis's and you look at the length of time that labour was, I was just thinking, oh, well, you know, this is the start. You know, this is, I think you've alluded, Natalie, in a, in a previous podcast, you know, you, you're, you, you're in room one or in room two. Joe, I felt in hospital was always in room one. She never got to room two. Now, mm. 
at the start of Joe's home play, but I was like, okay, we're nicely in room one. We might be in here for about 15 hours. So kind of get yourself tucked in. And I wasn't thinking at all around progress or anything like that. I was I was thinking we're just at the start. This is um this is gonna take some time. And I was sort of Joe was in the bathroom with Michelle and Michelle was giving Joe like that physical but also emotional support. The big difference there was I think Michelle Michelle could speak to a way to Joe that I couldn't in a sense. Yeah, Joe, how did that feel? Did that did that is that true? Well, it is uh, because even though on the first bed, I knew that Will was doing everything he could to support me and be confident with me and for me, having a woman who you know has witnessed many births and has the experience and have had children herself, you can you can trust her confidence more, I guess. You know that, okay, if she's telling me that everything is fine as it should be, everything is fine as it should be. You know, admiring of that, we sometimes when we're booked as doulas, you know, some partners tend to get a bit, oh, why do you need a doula? Why am I not enough? And all this kind of thing. But actually, it's just a, a kind of a, you know, it's not a question of a personal judgment on somebody's ability it's just sheer experience that what what's passing through joe's body is a is a trust in michelle's trust because she knows michelle knows and there's no way that as a man who you know you couldn't have felt the feeling so how could you know what it feels like and all that it doesn't mean that you haven't got an amazing capacity to make her feel safe in other ways but it's just that deeper real edge it's so hard and so intense labor that you're taken right to the edge of yourself and it does need that extra bit when you know when you say joe it needs that bit of somebody that knows the feeling but it, but i guess i guess michelle was not only a jeweler for me she was a, a jeweler for will as well because i mean you had conversation you were having conversations with michelle as well whilst she was not conversations but you were again as part of the team you were tagging along so you both felt safe. You both felt safe, basically. We did. I mean, the the sort of analogy that, in hindsight, I, I kind of look at uh, having a jeweler is, um, and Natalie, I kind of, uh, I kind of had those similar thoughts that <laughs> you described some men feeling. Um, you know, why do I need a doula? What's my role in this? Um, and I did question that myself, but then I think. Well, one is, you know, one, if Joe wants a doula and if that's going to help create that space for her, then you've got to let it go. And, you know, you've got to be supportive enough to let that that go. And that's what I uh, I think I did. But then in hindsight, I now view it, view it quite differently because um, you're, the physicality of birth from a, and the emotional uh, side of of birth is humongous it's massive and so it's like having a a coach with you a sports coach who is specialized in this area and can leverage their experience in a in a way that for someone who's only got one bit of experience having gone through francis is a huge asset and and yes, it does give that reassurance and uh, all of those other things that I mentioned previously. Because yeah, she was—I mean, she was just amazing, and she could just do put Joe in or suggest positions to Joe that I just would never have done. Um, and that helps, you know, it helps progress the the labour. But then, and then your role, I guess, because you were feeling confident that we were safe, it then allowed you to be focused on other things like filling up the pool and making mm. sure that all the other bits and pieces that were needed were done without having to worry about me yeah yeah exactly and also if you needed me there as yeah. well you yeah i got to there was a moment where i thought things were quite uh stalling a bit and i was getting like flashbacks of the previous birth 
And yeah, all I needed was just a hug and a kiss from Will. Mm. That was kind of enough to, okay, I got this again. <laughs> right, love that. And as somebody that knows you and, you know, that really knows you, yeah. that shows you that's interesting. That's still, of course, that's still part of it too. Just to say one thing that hearing the arc of your first journey and then this journey, what I felt when I spoke to Joe about it and the way you've described your experience in the hospital is there is a required a kind of on the part of the male part of the partner a vigilance to all things when you describe going into hospital that journey in and then you've got the change of midwife shift and then you've got the da 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 and all these things are happening and it it causes you to have to be concentrating on things that you really shouldn't need to be but you have to because you're trying to protect Joe so that creates a kind of a alertness agitation almost like it's like you've got to be on it right but what I took from Joe's description of you at the birth and not even knowing you it was like this simplicity to it and this really I could hear that you were able to let go of vigilance you didn't have to be on alert you didn't have to concentrate you and she was describing you somewhere in the corner of the sitting room so Vanessa and Michelle together holding the energy you didn't need to so that you, you could enjoy the birth as well and be part of the birth and you and then there's a possibility for you and joe to be directly connected and directly communicating whereas you couldn't do that before because you're looking outwards all the time yeah and it, i mean that's such a good point and i think the i mean in, in the back of my mind i was still thinking logistics if if we did need to go you know if we did need to change plan based again back on what we had experienced before. Um, but then, yeah, when Vanessa came in and by this point, Joe was in the pool, by the way, there was no examinations um, like in the, those sort of interventions. So by this point, everything was just happening on Joe's time in her own rhythm there was no fear in her her voice. Did at any point you felt that you had to go to the, like what you're talking about, the metrics? At any point did you feel like asking Vanessa or Michelle? Well, so when Joe, yeah, when, when Joe was in the pool, um, Vanessa just uh, arrived and Joe was, you know, clearly in active well she was in active labor but i had no idea how dilated uh she was and considering you know there was such an emphasis with francis on that i was so i i was thinking well how far along is she like tell me and vanessa just said i can tell by her breathing that she's gonna have this baby within an hour and i, I was just thinking what how can you tell and I was, I couldn't believe it because in my mind, I was thinking, oh, we're only a few hours in. There's about 20 hours to go. And so I was thinking, God, in an hour. OK, so that was just amazing to hear. And sure enough, Clara was born within the hour. And I just, yeah, couldn't believe it. Just it was. Yeah, it's so lovely. About five hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting another huge marathon and it just, you know, it just didn't happen that way. And it's like you said, Joe was in her rhythm. She was, you know, there was no, frankly, there was not that much I had to do. It was all Joe, rightfully so. And, you know, having that team around her enabled, I believe, her to to have the, have Clara naturally. Yeah, it's amazing. Joe said this amazing thing, which has really struck me, was she said it that you said, and correct me if I'm, I'm slightly paraphrasing, but she she said that when you had the epidural, when Joe, when you had the epidural in hospital, there you are sitting there now, so-called calm, out of pain, things are in managed, and yet you felt more anxious and unsure then than when you were in the sitting room hearing the wild primal noises of birth and yet you felt completely okay about that you know that, that it was it felt safe in a way you didn't have to worry because you had the you trusted the women in the room to look after her and you could let her go to that feeling do you remember joe you said that to me you said that he felt did you, is that have i got that right 
like my screaming and even on with the epidural at the hospital yeah then my screaming here there was definitely yeah totally a, a difference in noises that you were making and i i felt in the hospital i could distinguish that joe reached a point where she ended up being scared and that added stress and panic into for me and i think joe you were experiencing that too whereas here it was just i mean not gonna lie it was anim animalistic um but natural and there was nothing around I was hearing or seeing that made me feel that Joe was out of control. You know, she had let go of her body. She was trusting her body to deliver. It was natural. And I I certainly didn't feel outside of my comfort zone. I, I sort of felt like Joe was in control of it. You know, the team were all very happy with yeah where joe was there was no but she wasn't under that pressure to like perform it was just all very it was all yeah. happening naturally as it should as it should do i kind of get all this tingly feeling in my tummy for the world at large <laughs> based on what you just described for for, for our culture like because what i'm witnessing and hearing is a perfect balance you know because when the hu human beings try to control nature Sometimes nature needs controlling, right? Of course it does. But we're living in a state of our society is it pulled into such a state of super-duper controlling every possible variable. Every, every bit of unpredictability has to be ironed out of human experience. That the very act of that causes more fear and anxiety and problems. And yet when and yet there in the template of birth, you have the ultimate solution, the, the actual equation, which is, Nature knows what to do. It knows what to do. Life knows what to do, by and large, right? And when that's respected, look what happens. You know, it's like this. It doesn't have to feel wildly out of control. It feels quite the opposite, as you've testified to. It feels very ordered and organized and clever and powerful and wow you know and i don't mean there isn't a place for medicine and there isn't a place for doctors i mean i i you know sometimes there is but it's far rare it should be far rarer than it is and you know and 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 that that's what's so lovely to hear what you say and how you describe it because you can hear in that room as clara was born there was that sense of honoring nature you know, and and it's 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 not something to fear. I know that might sound mad to you because you never did fear it, Joe. You're always up for kind of trusting your body, but don't you probably aren't. Maybe you're not aware, but obviously most of the country, most of the Western world are currently very frightened of childbirth. I know you never experienced that either of you from the beginning, really, from your first baby. But you know what I mean. So you're, you 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 literally embody that that there's every good reason to trust to yeah. trust it. Yeah, and it's it's lovely, lovely to hear. Thank you so much. It's so interesting to have it laid out properly, like, you know, the difference, because you can hear it. You can hear what men would come against, the way you move through the line of it. The word I want to say is together. You're really together, aren't you? You're together on it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Clara's arrival, it's brought, it's, it's, you're just so on the same page type of thing. It was really, yeah, we were more, connected at the home birth. Even though there was a jeweler, which at one point we thought, oh, maybe the jeweler is going to replace your role. But no, I, I felt we are much more, we, we were given the space to be together and connected uh, at home in a way that we couldn't have been at hospital. Yeah. Well, one of the things actually we haven't said, but just uh, I, I hear reports from lots of men who feel a bit like a spare part it, I actually that doesn't sound quite like what you felt will because you were so engaged in trying to keep things going but I think a lot of people feel that once that epidural's in they're kind of sat on a chair and I'm glad you went to sleep because that's the best thing you can do actually but I think a lot of people feel really powerless to help and because now that the person's so called out of pain you know but you're aware there's all these emotions flowing, but the doctor's taking charge, the midwife's running the room, the hospital's got the, 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 the metrics, and there's this kind of state of being a bit redundant. And I knew weren't, it doesn't sound like you were, but it sounds like it's a bit of that, you know, whereas at home you didn't need to feel like that. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the most important person in the room is 
always going to be Joe and the, you know, and then the next is the baby. And then you kind of, as a bloke, you, you sort of do what you can and you don't want to get in, in the way. And like having the role that Joe wants me to have and whether that means sort of letting go in some respects and then, or taking control in others, then having that flexibility, because ultimately it's not from a, from my perspective anyway, this is never about, it's not about me. It's just about Joe. And, and so how can, how can you best support what Joe's going through in the moment? I guess on the second birth, we had Frances and a dog to think about. So (laughs) even though though your role wasn't directly directly involved with me, making, in my mind, making sure that Frances and the dog were taken care of, that's already puts me in a mindset of ease. So that was... So and from yeah. the beginning, I said no. your job in this in this birth is Francis is making sure that Francis is taken care of, so I don't mm-hmm. have to worry about it because birth would have not started if I knew that I needed to do something mm-hmm. with Francis, for instance. Yeah. yeah. So that alone, again, is not directly to birth, but there's other things going on that need doing that the partner needs to be there. Help you to feel safe. I don't think everybody should have their baby at home. I mean, sometimes it's not appropriate, but for most people it would be. And it's where things just can fall into their natural, the feeling of redundancy is I think sometimes people are unprepared for how difficult it is to find the thing they need to do they can't do do you know what I mean because it because things get in the way and it's it's a crowded atmosphere in hospital it's crowded everybody's got there's all these everyone's doing something and then it kind of sometimes the dad can get pushed to the edge of things thank you so much thank you that's so helpful you're our first man on <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's wonderful to hear you speak so thank you both of you and uh Sorry, I've had a very full house. It was great. It was so interesting, actually, Will, to hear your internal like process, your internal dialogue. I thought that was really interesting from your perspective. So thanks so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, don't, we don't get to hear it. Thanks, loves. Lovely to see you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye.